This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Now, from BetQL, it's time for the Daily Tip with Michael Jenkins. Dang it, he's talented, and let's be honest, I go for ambition, not luck. And Chelsea Messenger. Don't kill the messenger, or the messenger will kill you. Hey, Dad, don't forget about me, the dunkster. Presented by BetMGM. Hour two of the Daily Tip starts right now on the BetQL Network. It's a Thursday. It's almost the weekend. And at least we have Thursday night football to look forward to. Checks notes. Oh, wait. It's the Raiders and the Chargers? Good God. We will attempt to handicap that game uh, later in this hour at 720. But first, we'll go over the NFL MVP odds and address some of these Bill Belichick rumors that have been floating around. So plenty of NFL news to get to. And then at 7.40, it's time for some big plus money on the card. We'll give you our show parlay and try to go 5-0 and for the weekend. Jenks, I saw a headline that was very stupid. Like, when you read a <laughs> okay. headline, you're like, uh, duh. I saw it, and right. it was from New York Magazine. It said... Travis Kelsey is planning a big birthday party for Taylor Swift in New York City. And according to reports, quote, money is not an object. Like, duh. <laughs> like, yeah. did you think Travis you think? Kelsey was going to be like, we've got a strict $100 budget. We're going to go <laughs> to Sparrow and get a few slices. Like, of course. <laughs> Do you know how much money Taylor Swift has probably contributed to Travis Kelsey making, of course money's not an object. Of course. Yeah, what is Travis going to do? <laughs> hey, for your birthday, I mean, since you're a musician, I I, I made up a song for you to tell you what I'm going to do for your birthday. And I'm not going to give it away, but I, I want to know if you know this song. Five, five, five dollar foot long. I'm taking you to the subway, <laughs> baby. I'm going to save you some cash. Come on. Like, <laughs> of course. Yeah. And listen, baby, like gonna... because you're you, you can get double meat, double meat mm. and a cookie. <laughs> Babe, all the fixings for you. Any fixings oh, you fixings. want, you just you just load it up if you want. God, money. It's like oh, Travis, those, the ingredients uh, are free. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well. You do as many yeah. as you I, want. Well, I, well, I'll tell you something. If you did have to pay for them, then I, I would definitely get that for you. Imagine having this standard for a birthday party, though. Like, do you think he's stressed at all about this? Like, I'm sure he has hired somebody to plan the party because clearly mm -hmm. it's not going to be Travis himself hanging streamers and being like, what color balloons do you think? Like, it's not going to be Travis doing it himself. But right. still, this is a high bar to live up to when Taylor Swift is friends with all of these celebrities. Like, what's the biggest party you think Travis Kelsey has planned before this? Like, Oh, God. 
I don't know. I don't know, but I'll say this. I'll bet Travis Kelsey has been to some ragers. No question. Yes, but planning? That guy has planning. Here's what he's going to do. If you're Travis Kelsey, you just get someone to... You, you got the cash. You find a party planner, a high-end party planner, and you say, hey, I'm Travis Kelsey. I'm throwing a party for Taylor Swift, and you have someone knock it out of the park, and you say... Babe, I just wanted to make sure you had the best birthday possible, so I hired someone that's got everything you like. Here's the funfetti cake. Your girl squad is over here. We're playing nothing but your music. Whatever it is. Oh, do you like do you like balloons? I got balloons. You just let a planner do that for you. Travis Kelsey doesn't have time to plan a party. That's why money is no object. He's just going to throw money at someone, and they'll plan it for him. Also because I think what Travis Kelsey likes and maybe what he thinks is an awesome party may not be the same as what Taylor Swift <laughs> thinks is an awesome party. Cause True. like, think about Travis Kelsey and everybody refers to him as like a golden retriever boyfriend. That's like the ultimate guys guy. Cause right. wouldn't like Travis Kelsey be like, yeah, man, unlimited beers. We got Bud Light on tap. <laughs> we've got nachos. We've got steaks. Doesn't he seem oh, like he would throw hell, like yeah. that type of party? Like at David sure. Buster's or something? <laughs> Actually, that that's perfect. I think you nailed it. That's exactly where he would throw a party. Is it Dave and Buster's? He seems like a big kid to me anyway. Like he's always joking mm-hmm. around. And so what was that video when he was injured and early in the season? I think he missed a game maybe or was banged up and people were wondering, is Travis okay? And as he's running onto the practice field, he stops and he starts like dry humping the air to show everyone he's okay. I'm like, yep, he's fine. <laughs> I swear to God, I didn't make that up. You can find it. And I'm like, okay, he's fine. He's playing this week. He's being, he's just this big, goofy kid. So, yeah, I can see him just going nuts, just chugging beers and playing games at Dave and Buster's. That's a good call. But he's also so different, I think, than probably the other guys that Taylor Swift has dated. So maybe it's like a welcome change. Maybe she wants him to, like, lean into it. Be like, you know what? I haven't dated a jock before. So let's just roll with it. You got to try something different, right? Yeah. Um, but you know who else is a Taylor Swift fan? Bill Belichick. And let me tell you, it has not been a great year for old Bill. I don't even know any Taylor Swift uh, lyrics to like segue here. So I'm sorry. I need to brush up on my Taylor knowledge. But there has been a rumor floating around that he's not going to return to the Patriots next season. This is from Tom Curran of Nesson. But the thing is, nobody else has vouched for this. And you know, in the journalistic world, if people are fact-checking this and they can't seem to get it verified, that's when I kind of scratch my head. But let's listen to the soundbite here uh, and see kind of what it entails. When they came out of Germany, conversations I had that week made it very clear that a decision was made and they were gonna play out the string. And at the end of the year, there would be a parting of the ways for a variety of reasons, I think and I wasn't told this specifically, but the main one being, you don't fire Bill Belichick during the season. It's just not going to happen. Additionally, though, he's an asset. He's under contract for another year, which we reported after ESPN or NFL media reported there was a long-term extension in place that would keep Bill locked up long-term. It's only through next year. So that would not be an impediment to them changing course. And it had gone too far. The Germany game, the Commanders game, the Saints game. All huge marquee games, and then there was a Chargers game after that. Just because they won last week in Pittsburgh in prime time, I don't think it quells anything. 
Now, I need to correct myself because he is okay. from NBC Sports Boston, not Nesson, but that was Tom Curran talking about, you know, what's going on after the season with Bill Belichick. Jenks, from a journalistic standpoint, mm-hmm. do you think it's odd that nobody else has reported this? Yes and no. I would say that if Tom Curran has a pretty stellar reputation, and so he's a guy who has been in that market for a long time and is very plugged in, and you can tell just by the way that he's speaking about this that he clearly has some knowledge that other people don't have. So when you're talking about someone who works at Nesson, who has worked that beat, who has worked in that market for a long time, if it were someone else, I would probably doubt it. But considering who Tom Curran is and the reputation that he has, I believe it. He definitely is a fixture in that market. But, and I also think, would it shock anybody if Bill Belichick was out after the season? I just thought it was kind of like strange to like leak it at this portion of the season. So I don't necessarily not believe it. I just think it's strange that they would already agree on this before the season is over. Do you think there is any ending to the Patriots season that changes the narrative here? I feel like it's, probably done like I don't think there's anything the Patriots can do now to save Bill Belichick's future there no I think it's over and because it's not just this year it's what we've seen over the past Mm -hmm. two or three seasons like he was talking about in that soundbite and it just looks like I don't want to say the game has passed him by I feel like maybe that's too strong of a statement but my god he's clearly the longest tenured coach in the NFL one of the greatest coaches in NFL history, and the Patriots just need a change. So it doesn't shock me at all that this is probably in the pipeline. I think, like he was talking about, the thing that you have to worry about here is just how to how to make this work in a respectful way because it is Bill Belichick, and he has been a part of all those Super Bowl titles. And I know it's easy to say it was all Tom Brady. No, it wasn't. So Tom was a huge part of that. And if you want to say the primary part of that, I get it. But it's not like Tom Brady plays defense. You know what I mean? Like, it's mm-hmm. not just a one-person team. And he's he's the GOAT. There's no question. But I do think we'll look back and have more of an appreciation for Bill Belichick. But it feels like this is his time, and he needs to go. But this is how sports work. Most of the time, champions do not get to ride off into the sunset. A lot of times, mm-hmm. the endings... They have to go somewhere new and kind of struggle and fade into the distance. Like, we see this with big stars all the time. Hell, even Tom Brady. He went to the mm-hmm. Bucks and won a Super Bowl, but the year after that was not nearly as pretty, and that's normally how it goes. That is the yeah. exception, not the norm. All right, so we've got some interesting um, things going on in the MVP race currently in the NFL. And before I get into this, did you see the mm-hmm. comments that Cam Newton made? about all of these favorites to win the MVP in the NFL this year are game managers. And I guess a lot of this goes into what you make of the comment game manager, because I guess it could mean a good thing, but he called Brock Purdy, Dak Prescott, and I think it was somebody else. It wasn't Lamar, uh, but he called at least those two guys game managers. Yeah, sure. And I get the knock on Brock Purdy. That is not a new knock. But do you think Dak Prescott is a game manager? I haven't really heard no, that one before. He's never been a game manager. Dak Prescott's a hell of a football player. If you want to make the argument that Brock Purdy is, you can make that argument. But Cam doesn't know what he's talking about right here. I think he's worn too many scarves. It's cut off the circulation to his brain. 
So go put on a lavender sweater and a fedora and a colorful scarf and go crazy with your fits. But stop acting like Dak Prescott, of all people, is a game manager. You can say that about Brock Purdy only because if you look at how Jimmy Garoppolo performed in that offense versus Brock Purdy, they're very similar. So a lot of that has to do with Kyle Shanahan, even though I'm of the belief that Brock Purdy is better than people give him credit for. But the idea that Dak Prescott is just throwing little dump off passes and letting everyone else do the work is ridiculous. He is having an MVP worthy season. That's why he's the favorite. And this is a dumb comment by Cam, a guy at the end of his career. He couldn't even manage a game. He could barely play quarterback. That's the thing. I'm not sure if game manager is quite the knock that people think it is. And also, do you think a game manager could win MVP? Because don't those feel like they're total opposites? Like game manager feels like, okay, you're somebody who's handing it off, doing dumpy passes. And I think people feel like that's what Brock Purdy's been doing. But in reality, he's leading the NFL in air yards and yards per attempt and completion percentage. So you look at the numbers and they go, they fly in the face of that. So yeah. we do have a massive game on the card this week when it comes to MVP. And I'll read off the odds. Right now it's Zach Prescott, your favorite over at BetMGM plus 150, Brock Purdy plus 175, Lamar Jackson 6-1, to one, and Jalen Hurts 8-1. to one. So when you have the Cowboys squaring off uh, mm-hmm. with the Bills on the road, where we know Dak Prescott has been a touch worse. His completion percentage drops almost 10%. Do we think these odds change after this week? Do you think this is a massive game for the narrative on Dak Prescott? I do. And I I think there's a real chance Brock Purdy is going to win this thing. Honest to God. I know it sounds crazy, but if Dak, I will say this. This is a crucial weekend for Dak, and I know it's only one week, but If he goes into Buffalo against a very good Bills team, despite that record, and he performs well, and the Cowboys win, I'm on the Bills this week. I think Buffalo's going to win this game. But if Dak performs really well in that environment on the road, then I think he solidifies his candidacy and probably wins it. But it's just that the Cowboys have been so great at home. They won 15 straight at home, which is just ridiculous. If Dak falters this weekend, then I think Brock Purdy, based on the rest of their schedule and the fact that the Niners are so dominant probably wins this thing. I hate to say it's based on one week, but I I think that could actually happen. Do you think this is a two man race? Because I always try to play like more than one side. If I can, Mm -hmm. if you play Dak Prescott and Brock Purdy, you'd uh, be up at least a little bit of money. If one of those guys won, but is there still a chance that we see Lamar Jackson win it? I think that's the best value on the board. Six to one right now. And we say this every week. We're not really talking about the Ravens. I mean, we are, but I feel like when we talk about the teams that are going to win the title, we sort of throw in the Ravens at the end. We say, oh, it's Mm -hmm. the Niners. What about the Eagles? Of course, the Chiefs. The Chiefs have been great. Look at what Miami's doing. And then we say, you know, Baltimore's having a good season too. The Ravens are good. The Ravens are very good. And Lamar is again playing like an MVP candidate i mean the odds bear that out he's the third favorite again six to one and isn't it amazing too that early in the year there was all this talk whether lamar jackson could ever return to form if he was going to play for the ravens or not would he get traded because that contract or go elsewhere and here he is 
earning that money and playing like an MVP guy, best value on the board. I think so as well, uh, especially if the Ravens win that big game against the Niners later in the season. Some big games on the card for just about everybody. All right, back from the rig. Speaking of big games, it's Thursday night. I guess this is a big game for the betting world. Chargers Raiders are handicaps after the break. Chelsea and Jenks will be right back on the Daily Tip presented by Bet MGM on the BetQL Network. Welcome back to the Daily Tip presented by Bet MGM with Michael Jenkins and Chelsea Messenger on the BetQL Network. Off and running on this Thursday edition of the Daily Tip, which means we've got Thursday night football to bet on tonight, which normally makes my day a little bit better, but today not necessarily the case. Jenks, yesterday I was trying to sit down and handicap this Chargers, mm-hmm. Chargers and Raiders matchup, and I just kept shaking my head and saying, man, do I even like football anymore? Like, this is crazy. The amount of sighing and hemming and hawing that I did trying to take myself away from working on this game. Like, you know, when you really hate doing something, you procrastinate and you say, well, you know, maybe I need to reorganize my closet. Maybe I need to do the dishes. Maybe I need to fold that laundry that's been sitting in the dryer for two weeks. That is all of the things that I wanted to do more than handicap this game. Are you somebody who procrastinates when you don't want to do something? You know, I'm kind of the opposite. I I am very much just get it done, get it over with. That's why, for example, when I get these HR emails, which I understand that we have to take these tests and we have to go through the rules and regulations so that everyone is educated. When I get them in my inbox, because I don't think anyone loves doing stuff like that. I'm like, nope, let's just get it out of the way. I'm going to do it. And I just do it. Same thing with laundry or anything else. I just like to get stuff out of the way because the last thing that I want is, and I'm a little OCD about it, so I don't necessarily recommend it. But I don't want to get to a point where there's a bunch of things I don't want to do, and then they pile up. So it's one thing I don't want to do, and then another thing I don't want to do, and then another thing I don't want to do. So maybe space them out a little bit, but I don't want to get to a point where I spend three or four hours doing a bunch of stuff I've been dreading. I'd rather just knock it out quick. I think for me, it has to be a combination of the thing being something I don't want to do. And also it has to be difficult. That's when I really procrastinate is when you hate it. And also it's pretty high on difficulty. I do this with working out. Like if it's a day where I'm supposed to like really get after it at the gym, I'm like, all right, I need to work out in the morning. The morning rolls around. You're like, eh, maybe I'll do it in the afternoon. <laughs> the afternoon rolls around. You're like, oh, God, I don't really feel like doing it now either. How about in a few hours? And I do this with push-ups because I hate push-ups and I hate pull-ups. So I procrastinate on things that are also difficult to do, which was why it was very hard for me to handicap this game because I didn't want to mm-hmm. do it, and it was also hard. Oh, I'm the same way. I'd forgotten what the Thursday night football matchup was. And I'm glad I did because I wasn't like, oh, I can't wait for Raiders Chargers. And then I woke up from my nap yesterday and I pulled up the rundown and I was like, okay, let's see what happened last on the NBA. Let me go to, oh, 
Chargers and Raiders. <sighs> Let me get some coffee. <laughs> you know, it was just, <laughs> I guess so. So I, I felt that dread as well because I understand we have to handicap. It's only game on the NFL slate tonight. But if you were looking at games, if you just put this on a Sunday amongst the regular schedule and you said, which games do I want to handicap and look at? You'd immediately say, nope, and you move on. So that's the way I feel about this. But because it's the only game, we got to do it. Exactly. And usually on the show, I think we do a good job of trying to look at every side of an argument and every side of a game. So when you see a bad game, there is an argument to be made that there are still ways to bet on it. Because didn't we have the same level of existential dread when talking about the Patriots and the Steelers mm -hmm. game? There were actually quite a few props in that game that ended up being quite profitable. So let's do our best. Let's put our negative attitudes behind us and try to give out some winners when it comes to the Chargers and the Raiders. So this game in Las Vegas, Raiders laying three, total of 34 and a half. So if you immediately said, okay, if both teams are bad, just play the under, right? Well, the total is 34 and a half. So it yeah. needs to be real, real bad in order for that under to hit. But Jenks, I think this is one of the plays you like. I'm going to do it. I really am. I, I just believe that when you look at these two teams and how they perform recently, it's a low number. There's no question about it. But make me a case for the over. The only case I believe you can make for the over is Aiden O'Connell or Easton Stick has a Bailey Zappi-esque performance because Bailey Zappi came out of nowhere Last week performed really well, had three touchdowns, and I just don't see it. Look at what these teams have done in the past few weeks. The Chargers and Raiders have scored a total of 33 points in their last two games combined. The Raiders have not scored more than 17 points in their last four games. The Chargers in their last three games have scored a total of 23 points. In their last 10 games overall, Raiders 8-2 to the under. Chargers 9-1 to the under. Primetime unders have been a trend all season long. I know they didn't hit on Monday, but they're still hitting at a 70% clip. It's a low number, but man, everything screams that you've got to go under here. I think so as well, because sometimes when you have offenses that are this bad, mm -hmm. they can get the yards, but it's still a team that no matter the defensive matchup, they'll still struggle in the red zone because you at least have to like be somewhat, you know, mediocre to get the ball in the red zone and actually score a touchdown as opposed to field goals. Usually that's the difference between overs and unders is can this team score touchdowns or can this team score field goals? So I think I would lean towards the under with you. The other thought process that I was going through was, okay, if you have a short week and if you have a backup quarterback who does not have much experience under his belt like we see easton stick wouldn't you think the short dumpy passes would be the play and whoever is catching those short dumpy passes so you look at austin eckler who the mm -hmm. sabotage factor is do the chargers really want to run him into the ground for a season that means nothing but still you yeah. look at his receiving prop in this one he's somebody that's been kind of feast or famine uh he is either raking them in or he is not going for much. If you look at his last few game logs, uh, receiving-wise, last game, 49 yards, which is the one game that we had Easton stick in, nine receiving yards, 32, six, 
and 48. But again, we have only seen one game from Easton Stick, and it's been a game where um, Austin Eckler had quite a few receiving yards. So I think that's the play for me. That's the one that makes the most sense. Easton Stick probably, you know, shoveling off a few dumpy passes to Austin Eckler. He's still the best player on their team. I think that is the way to go. If you look at Austin Eckler's receiving prop tonight, 30 and a half, maybe that's the way to go. Yeah, I'm going to go. You know what? I'm, I'm going to go Austin Eckler over three and a half receptions. So you can find this right now at minus 148. It's a little juicy, but I, I like that play as well. You talk about those short, dumpy passes. I just feel like we're going to see that all game long. Max Crosby is going to try and play in this game for the Raiders. Can't you just see him bearing down on Easton Stick all game long? And Easton Stick is like, yeah, I'll just throw it out in the flat and let Austin do his thing. <laughs> and you, <laughs> oh, God, <laughs> what was what was the, uh, God, I wish I could remember what this highlight was. And it was some, uh, I was an NFL highlight and they had a quarterback mic'd up. I forget who it was. And like Aaron Donald broke through the line and the quarterback's like, oh my God. Like immediately like saw Aaron Donald bearing down. was like, this is a monster coming at me. And I feel like it's going to be the same way for Easton Stick. By the way, Easton Stick has been with the Chargers. This is crazy. He went to North Dakota State, I believe, and was 48-3 and as a starter. So he was a complete stud on the FCS level. But this is a big jump. He's been with the Chargers since 2019. He's played a total of two games, and that includes last week. So I I just can't see a situation where he's throwing downfield. So I'm going to go... Austin Eckler, over three and a half receptions. I feel like he is going to be the safety valve of safety valves tonight. I think so as well. Uh, We should mention some of these injuries. If you are looking for some other plays in the game, Keenan Allen, wide receiver number one for the Chargers, is out for this game. Of course, the reason Easton Stick is playing is because Justin Herbert is now on injured reserve. And also another question mark for the Raiders. Josh Jacobs, questionable in this one which makes it really difficult for me to look at the props market for the Raiders because they have been letting Aiden O'Connell throw the rock quite a bit. He's had at least 32 attempts in each of the last three games, but all of those game scripts have been negative. And in this situation, Mm -hmm. the Raiders are actually favored in this game. So I'm not sure if we continue to see him throw the ball like he did in those other matchups. Do you think the Raiders are the right call? Like if you are just simplifying this game as Mm -hmm. possible, you look at the quarterback, the most important position on the field, and you look at the team who's at least playing at home and a team that at least has a winning record when playing in Las Vegas. Would you take the Raiders here, or do you think this is not a trustworthy team as a favorite? Here's the thing, is that I would lay it with the Raiders, but this line seems... It just doesn't seem right to me. It doesn't pass the smell test for me. Now, the trends will tell you, go with Vegas. Go with Vegas. They've got a better quarterback, I think, and Aiden O'Connell, at least someone who has more experience. The Raiders are 3-1-1 against the spread in their last five. Chargers are 1-5 against the spread in their last five. But the thing is, is that I feel like this line should be bigger. But then again, maybe it should because the Raiders aren't any good and they're banged up. I just, I hate trying to pick a side here. I do think it's the Raiders, but I got a sneaky feeling the Chargers could maybe cover, especially at 
if you can get it at three and a half. This is one of those games where a half point is going to make all the difference, particularly when you're talking about a game that I think is going to be very low scoring. I think so as well. Uh, Do you ever think about playing first half unders if you like the full game under? Because sometimes we will see points scored kind of in garbage time at the end. Maybe that's when the offenses actually get something going. But I would imagine the first half total in this one is what, 17? 17 and a half? Like you can't have any chaos. Like that's the problem with first half totals and maybe the, the, the point that goes against it. Because if there is a kick return, if there is a pick six, which is, you know, fully in the realm of possibility when you have both of these quarterbacks. So I feel like there's only a couple plays in this game. And I think my advice would be this. Do not go crazy on a game you don't like. I think we've learned this the hard way. If you don't like the slate for a day, don't make a bunch of bets. It does not make sense because, you know, your unit management is just as important as the actual bets you make. So if you're not like us and you're not hosting a sports betting show, if you don't like this game, just don't bet on it. I love that as you saying that, I'm putting in my best bets for the night and there is just juice all over the place. Oh, I'm just pouring juice all over my bets. When you're talking about money management and unit management, I'm not doing a very good job of managing my units today, but I'm going to go big just for the hell of it. However, I will say that you are making a very good point and on this show because we just keep track of wins and losses we tend to go minus money but if you're talking about unit management as you know you want to try to get some plus money on the card if you like it because or you if you're going to bet minus money you probably want to put in a lot of picks because if it's only one or two you can end up losing maybe that's a different conversation but i think you're absolutely right you don't have to bet every night sometimes you like like yesterday i put in a lot of bets and I wanted to have some fun, didn't work out for me, but I wasn't crazy about the card. And that's a lesson that you almost have to teach yourself when you want to bet so much. Sometimes you have to have that discipline and say, tonight just isn't the night because I don't like what I'm seeing. And so, yes, I want some action on Thursday night football. I I would love to pick a side here, but I just don't like it. So it's a stay away. It's just, there's a lot of landmines in this game. Like I said, we have some questionables like Josh Jacobs on the Raiders. Mm -hmm. And also, we have some good players in this game, but when the quarterback is not reliable, that's when I start to have questions. Because Devontae Adams is one of the best receivers in the NFL. And one would say, okay, the target share that he has been getting, he's been getting a lot of targets from Aiden O'Connell. But if you look at his prop tonight, it's still pretty high. I believe the number posted is around 68 and a half. BetMGM doesn't have it right now, but across you know the sports betting landscape, we are seeing some numbers. But if you look at his totals over the last three games, he's gotten 53, 73, and 82. So only going over that number in two of his last three. Like, I don't think I'd take an under on Devontae Adams. But still, when you don't have a reliable quarterback throwing him the rock, and also mm-hmm. a game that could have a positive game script for the Raiders, that's when I have questions. What do we expect from Devontae Adams tonight? I don't know. I expect maybe he gets, oh, God, I don't know. I have no Hard idea. I make a case. I, I, I right. can't make a case for it. I can't make a case for it because you would say, okay, well, Aiden O'Connell's a better quarterback, and and when he first filled in and, and sort of took over the lead role, Devontae Adams started getting better and started getting more involved in the offense. But if you look at the total production from the Raiders over their past few games, like we were talking about, they just aren't scoring. I mean, they're not 
they're not even they're not even getting close. They're not even they're not even scratching the red zone here, so it's hard to make a case for Devontae going off. God, I feel like I just went to the DMV. I feel like I was just <laughs> on hold with health insurance. All of these things that I hate. Football, what are we doing? Maybe this game will be a pleasant surprise. Maybe we'll see both teams score 10 points. I don't know. We won't get crazy. Show parlay picks are coming your way after the break, though, here on The Daily Tip. Chelsea and Jenks will be right back on The Daily Tip, presented by Bet MGM <laughs> On the BetQL Network. Let's get back to the Daily Tip with Chelsea Messenger and Michael Jenkins, presented by Bet MGM on the BetQL Network. Welcome back. Thanks for tuning in on a Thursday. Chelsea Messenger, he's Michael Jenkins. In a few minutes, we'll try to get some big plus money on the card and win ourselves our first show parlay of the entire season. We have come very close. We have missed a lot of these by one singular leg, but that's how parlays go a lot of the time. You'll get all the picks right with the exception of one. At this point, I'm not even shocked when this happened. This happened to me last night. Like I missed a parlay by one singular leg. And I think this is the tough part of parlays. Do you ever hedge your parlays or not even hedge, but play them a different way? Because you can do round robins. You can stake every single leg, which I think is a smart play. If you do like all of the legs of your parlay, why not put a little on each leg? Do you ever do this? Sometimes. You know how it is where you got that last game and you're like, okay, I can hedge here and make my money. But it's hard. That's a hard thing to do. It also depends on how much you have at stake. I think that's the key, right? Because if I have... If I'm going to win $100, but I can hedge and maybe make 35 I'm like, nah, I'm going for the hundo. Let's get it. But if you're talking about thousands of dollars on the line, which is out of my price range or out of my league, I don't bet that type of money. Then if, if, some, if for some reason you have a massive long shot or you got a parlay, a 10 leg parlay, it's going to come home and you know, so much money is on the line. Then you have to say, okay, let me be smart about this. And then I would hedge. But generally because I bet so little, I don't normally hedge. Well, I was asking if you stake all the legs or do round robins. Do you stake all the legs? Oh, round robins? Oh, I don't do round robins. Didn't we talk about this? A few weeks ago, the old round robin. I I understand it, but there's a lot to it, and I generally stay. I was reading about round robins, and I understood it, but I don't really. It's not something I'm really interested in playing. I think if you really like your plays, it's a way to really clean up. But also, you can still be underwater if like two of your legs of your parlay are really crushing you. Because obviously, yeah. what a round robin is, it's like say you have five legs of the parlay it's like bet one with bet two bet one with bet three bet one with bet four and so on and so forth so if one leg misses that's when you can also like kind of dig yourself in a hole a little bit with that and also you have to spend more money like you have to at least put something on each one of those round robin ways to play it but that's the thing about sports betting there are so many creative ways to play these bets even if it's not single game bets even if it's not 
you know, a parlay, a traditional one. You can do mm-hmm. same game parlays. You can do all of these things where you can, you know, handicap things differently and play it in all sorts of ways. But I think the great part of our show parlay is that we kind of span different betting strategies and different realms of sports because we all have our little lane that we like to bet on. Uh, So what we're going to do is we're going to have each member of our show give out a play for our parlay. We're going to combine them up and all try to go 5-0 for the weekend. So Matt, looks like you're playing another over, which I believe was a winner for you last week for your show parlay pick. Who do you like? Yeah, I've been doing pretty good with the totals on the show parlays this year, so I'm going to kind of keep riding that trend. I'm going to look at the Ravens and Jags, and I know the Ravens, they have a really good scoring defense, but each team has gone over gone over in three of the past five games. The Jags' defense isn't as good as we thought it was, and if Lamar wants to win the MVP, he's going to keep putting up numbers. So I'm going to take, I'm going to buy the hook, play the over 42 in Ravens and Jaguars. I like it. I like it a lot. I'm also excited for that game. I hope Trevor Lawrence is playing at 100% because it should be a good matchup. And I'm excited to see what the Ravens do uh, against another team that has a pretty solid quarterback. All right, David, looks like you're playing a college football game. Back to the bread and butter. Oh, yeah, <laughs> for sure. And Jenks took one of my favorite ones. So good on you, Jenks. But uh, I'm going to lean lean on New Mexico State. They're playing Fresno State, I believe, Mm -hmm. in the New Mexico Bowl. So home field advantage, one. Two, Fresno State, no head coach. Head coach is gone. I believe their quarterback has entered the transfer portal. Um, So I'm going to lean on New Mexico State, who played Liberty very, very tough, just came this short of winning their conference championship. So, yeah, I like New Mexico State and the New Mexico Bowl. Go figure. Diego Pavia, let's go. Yeah, it's my guy. All right, Bill, back to the NFL. Normally, you are somebody in our show parlay that lays the big number, but not this week. Who do you like? No, I couldn't really find anything that I liked that would give us some positive money. So, and I don't even like doing this play because it's the same play I have in Survivor. So if it goes down in flames, I'm screwing myself in both things. But I'm going Bengals minus three over the Vikings. This is more a fate of Minnesota than anything else. No Justin Jefferson. Nick Mullins is going to be their quarterback. Yuck. So give me the Bengals. Jake Browning has shown me some pretty good things over the last couple of weeks. I think they get the win. I think this is a touchdown plus. I almost pushed it up to get the plus money, but I knew you guys would kill me if I did that. (laughs) So I just left it at the minus three. So, yeah, we'll go Bengals minus three over the Vikings this week. Yeah, I like that. I like that a lot. What Jake Browning brings to the passing game. Because no, he's not Joe Burrow, but he still has plenty of great receiving weapons at his disposal. So I like that one quite a bit. All right, Jenks. Looks like it's college football for you. What do you like? Oh, I love this pick, and I will be betting it this weekend. Jacksonville State, minus three against Louisiana in the New Orleans Bowl. And you're saying, oh, won't Louisiana have the home field advantage? They're playing in the Superdome. No. Like all, I'm talking like 99% of the money is on Jacksonville State. Do you know who the head coach of Jacksonville State is? I've forgotten this. 
Rich Rodriguez. It is Rich Rod. I had totally forgotten about that. One of the best defensive linemen for Louisiana in the portal. That's going to weaken their defense. Gamecocks 4-1 against the spread in their last five games overall. Just a better team. It's a low number. Jacksonville State minus three in New Orleans. It looks like there's some battles for custody over some of these picks. So maybe this is the week where our parlay actually hits because everybody likes everybody's pick. So maybe mine's the one that everybody wants to veto. I'm going to go with the Rams minus six and a half at home against the Commanders. I think the Rams are a team that are kind of slowly getting to the point where they're one of the better offenses in the NFL. It sounds crazy, but the Rams have scored at least 30 points in each of the last three games. Matt Stafford during that stretch, a guy that's won a Super Bowl, mind you, uh, 10 touchdowns to only one interception over his last three games. He's got Puka Nakua. He's got Cooper Cup. Kyron Williams is operating at a really high level out of the backfield as they're running back as well. Then you look at the commanders who are giving up the most fantasy points to opposing quarterbacks quarterbacks of any team in the NFL. That secondary has not been good. Yes, the commanders are coming off a bye week, but do we think that actually helps them when they're not a team that has good vibes going into that bye week? I think not. I'll lay the big number with the Rams here, especially when they are playing at home. So just to recap, Matt's got the over 42 in Ravens-Jags. David's taking New Mexico State, minus three and a half over Fresno State. Bill's going with the Bengals, minus three over the Vikings. And Jenks is taking Jacksonville State, minus three over Louisiana. And then, of course, my pick, Rams, minus six and a half over the Commanders. If you want to play it, it is uh, combined odds, 22 to one, $25 would net you $558. And 89. Last week, not our best effort. We went one and four. So do we think this week goes a little better? And does anybody want to throw out one of these picks? I don't want to throw out your pick, Chelsea. I love the fact that that line stayed under a touchdown at six and a half. Yeah. If it had gotten a seven and a half, it would have made me nervous. That at six and a half, that was my second play of the week. If, if somebody else had grabbed the Cincinnati game. I love that play. The secondary for Washington is abysmal. Putrid. They're going to throw all over them this weekend. I love that play. I love that play. This is making me nervous. I think when all of us <laughs> like every single pick, it's like on Sunday night football when you go across the board and everybody picks a certain team to win. Like somebody needs to be like, okay, this play sucks for our parlay to win. <laughs> In my opinion. Do you want me to do Nobody it? Else about the do you want me to do games? it? I'll do it. I'll do it. Matt, dude, prime time under. Come on, bro. Come on. Come on. I'm just saying. Yeah. Just prime remember, over. Maddie, just remember, yeah, you're listening to someone who has a blue beard. <laughs> just remember <it>. that. <laughs> Come on, Papa <laughs> Smurf. Wow. <laughs> All right. Low blow. Low blow. You know, I didn't didn't think I was going to get the color discrimination of my dying of the beard. (laughs) Discrimination. I see how you are. You're all blue discriminant. I get it. It's okay. It's fine. No. (laughs) Well, it is baby blue, and I hate North Carolina. So (laughs) it's baby blue. You could have picked red, and that would be seasonally appropriate. But, Uh, Matt, do we know about Trevor Lawrence? Is he going to be 100%? Hasn't he been kind of banged up lately? That's the only question I I have. He played played last week, and he definitely wasn't 100%. But 
he's going to play this week. It's just a matter of how healthy he's going to be. But he didn't seem limited that much outside of like throwing what two or three interceptions. So like if he can clean up his decision making, <laughs> I don't see it holding him back. Other than two or three interceptions, <laughs> Once I again, guess you can't blame that on his injury though, right? That's just Trevor yeah, Lawrence being Trevor injury. Lawrence. Once again, the inconsistency of Jacksonville scares me. That's why I say that that one's a little yeah. iffy for me. But I mean, yeah. it, it could I mean, go it either way. Choice. You know well, what? Bad I mean, sitting. Don't play well there. Don't play where? Well, where in Jacksonville? In Jacksonville, yeah. The Ravens have always struggled in Jacksonville. PJ told us Ooh. that earlier in the week, but I remember that when I worked for them. Yeah, they never play well down there. Mm. Oh, some sabotage factors coming to the surface. I Doesn't actually mean like be a lot it. of points, but yeah. right. <laughs> like I said, I just didn't want all of us just jinxing all the plays and say, "Oh yeah, <laughs> an easy win." No way, this doesn't hit. So there you go. Both sides were presented. Top of the hour is next here on the Daily Tip, and we're starting off hot. NBA slate, the handicaps, the picks and plays, all coming your way next on the Daily Tip. For more, listen to the Daily Tip presented by BetMGM. Weekday mornings from 6 to 9 Eastern on the BetQL Network, the Odyssey app, or wherever you get your podcasts.